For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Wednesday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, NFL defensive tackle Jarrell Worthy and I recap week one and preview Thursday night's divisional clash between the Buccaneers and Panthers. We also discuss and predict the rest of week two's matchups. The Buccaneers dropped their home opener to the 49ers, but will be looking to rebound against a divisional foe on Thursday night. Buccaneers left tackle Donovan Smith said they are not dwelling on their poor offensive performance and are now zeroed in on Carolina. 15 other games, obviously, you know, things didn't go the way we wanted it to yesterday, but we got 15 more games, so no need to dwell on it right now. Just move forward and, you know. Uh, focuses on the Panthers. The Panthers' comeback fell short against the Rams last Sunday and will now turn the page and host the Bucks for their second consecutive home game. Panthers head coach Ron Rivera praised Bruce Arians for his skill set as a coach and expects a tough challenge from Tampa Bay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one one thing is, and, 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 and you know, um, you know the way they're coached, they're, they're, they're coached uh, full throttle, wide open. Uh, you see it in some of the plays that they've had already. Um, you see in the way that they're they're flying around. So, you know, we're um, you know Bruce Arians is 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 is, is a guy that's uh, been in the league a long time. Very smart guy. So, you know, you're are most certainly going to have our hands full this Thursday night. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you. And joining me again is my co-host, Jarrell Worthy, NFL defensive tackle. 
Today we are turning the page to week number two as we closed it out on Monday night with a doubleheader. It was Texans Saints in a thriller, followed by the Oakland Raiders and the Denver Broncos. So now we're going to gear up and get ready for Thursday night. So a day away already from kicking off week number two. It's a divisional clash at that Panthers and the Buccaneers. So Jarrell, how are you doing this morning? And uh, are you excited for some football again? Man, absolutely. Man, I was itching last week, bro, uh, just sitting there watching those games. Um, it's an exciting time now, man. I love when the fall comes around, uh, which means it's football time, and it's an exciting time to uh, be alive, man. We're going to get right into it, Jarrell. We're going to recap week one a little bit, put a bow on it, so to speak. So let's go ahead and, and talk about some impressive victories from week number one, and I'll go ahead and get it started the most impressive week one victory for me, and you may share the same one because it was quite a thriller and one that not many expected, but it was the Tennessee Titans 43-13 drubbing of the new look Cleveland Browns. I mean, this is a Titans team that, you know, you look at their team on defense, Jarrell, and they do not lack talent. Cam Wake, the veteran edge rusher, came in and was an impact player. Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, Adoree Jackson, those guys, they shut down those receivers, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., and I was just really caught off guard by the scoreline. I mean, had Tennessee won by a field goal, maybe by a safety at the end of a game, a touchdown possession, but they just absolutely annihilated the Cleveland Browns on their home turf. Browns fans booed them off the field at halftime. Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions. Marcus Mariota looked solid. Derrick Henry had a big game, took one to the house. So the Tennessee Titans, for sure, had the most impressive week one victory in my eyes. Absolutely, man. Um, I mean, what they were able to do to come in there on the road, uh, with everything that Cleveland had going for them, um, all the hype, all the hoorah, um, and for them to just come in there and completely dominate, uh, you know, and uh, – I mean, Baker Mayfield is, you know, the rookie of the year. Everybody, you know, was excited, um, you know, and, and he was the guy that, that literally uh, put the team on his shoulders last year, gave the team a lot of hope. And for them to come in there and just stifle them on, on offense and just, uh, you know, make it make his day uh, um, very, very terrible was very was, was, was impressive, man. I think, you know, the most impressive thing was the three interceptions. Um, you know, Derrick Henry runs the ball very well, but, um, what Marcus Mariota was able to do in the passing game and um, the three touchdowns, I think that was the most impressive thing to me. Again, this is a big year for Marcus Mariota, Jarrell, as he's in the fifth-year option of his deal. The Titans opted not to give him a long-term extension. Reasonably so. I think he's battled injuries, so I don't think he's quite done enough yet to get that you know, 30 plus million dollars a year, which is what the market is for quarterbacks right now. So good start for him and Arthur Smith, the new offensive coordinator there in Tennessee. Let's go ahead and flip the script now, Jarrell. Which team had the most disappointing week one loss to you? Oh, man. Um, to be honest with you, I had a couple teams, if you don't mind. Um, go for speaking it. On them, uh, so my first one, obviously, is the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know, putting up three points um, against the New England Patriots. We all know that the New England Patriots uh, essentially in the, in the past dominate the Steelers when it comes to um, those types of games. 
Um, but to be at home and, and to, I mean, not to be at home, but to, to come up with three points, um, you know, versus uh, the New England Patriots, I don't think that that is the statement that you would like to make, um, you know, in the aftermath after Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, Big Ben Roethlisberger got a, he uh, got a contract extension this offseason. Um, they expect him to be the bell cow, the leader of this team. They expect him to go out there and deliver and uh, put the team on his back and to produce three points, um, have a couple interceptions and just not. Um, I think he was 21 for 47. I mean, that's in, that's that's definitely not going to get it done when you're playing in the ring with Patriots. I think that that was the one of the most disappointing losses, bro. Um, if I had to switch over to the NFC, it would be Atlanta, Atlanta going on the road, finally having everybody back from injury, um, you know, a big season for them. And, um, you know, Kirk Cousins only throws for 98 yards, eight for 10, 98 yards, and they lose. And I just think that that really is a statement to, um, you know, I think that's a statement for Minnesota and what they were able to do and go out there and play great football. But it's very disappointing to see Atlanta go out there, um, especially with everybody back in the stable, um, with all the excitement that's uh, surrounding their team and, and everybody, you know, looking for them to take the next step. I don't think that that was um, a very good outing for them um, in the opener. And I'm with you on the latter. I know you talked about the Steelers, and yeah, that was one that was pretty high on, on my list as far as disappointing performances. The Patriots came out and just were a well-oiled machine, and I was expecting to see more from Ben Roethlisberger and this young offense, but obviously that was not the case. But on to the Atlanta Falcons, Jarrell. I think there is some growing concern coming from there and now, head coach Dan Quinn, we saw they made it to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, blew the 28-3 lead. I'm sure many Falcons fans, they do not want to hear that. But that's what happened. And, and nonetheless, they have a team, though, that is talented enough to get back to that Super Bowl. Now that they're fully healthy, I know they lost a couple of players here to 2019. Tevin Coleman is obviously no longer there in the backfield. Devontae Freeman, it's now Ito Smith. But defensively, Jarrell, Vic Beasley, they're looking to see something from him. They're looking to see something from Tack McKinley, the first-round pick from the edge. And Deion Jones is back from the injury, gave him a big-time extension. Desmond Trufant, I mean, they have some pieces there. Grady Jarrett, who everybody forgets, got the bank earlier this offseason there for the Falcons. And so I was truly anticipating this to be a highly contested ball game with the Falcons coming out on top, but they completely shut down the Falcons' offense. Matt Ryan had no time to pass the ball. Now, don't get me wrong. This Vikings defense under Mike Zimmer, they are an aggressive group, and they have a plethora of players that are Pro Bowl caliber. But as you mentioned, Jarrell, I was truly expecting to see, I guess, a higher sense of urgency from such a talented Atlanta team. Absolutely, man. I think that, um, you know, with the season that they had last year, they were supposed to come out swinging. And, you know, for them to just kind of go into Minnesota um, indoors, it's not cold. Um, it's an environment that they're essentially used to. Um, and for them to just go in there and lay an egg, I think that that was um, – I mean, it's just it, it was just terrible. I mean, there was no running game. Um, the offense uh, sputtered all day and um, defensively they just came up short. And so I think that, you know, at the end of the day, um, they have an opportunity this week um, being at home against the, the, the Eagles. Um, but essentially, that's still going to be a, a tough game for them coming up. Um, you know, the Eagles played well last week. What they were able to do in the second half um, spoke volume. So 
Atlanta's got to come with their with their tin can if they want to participate in um, the NFC uh, the NFC South. That's for sure, and I know a lot of Falcons fans are not happy and pleased with Week One's performance. So we'll see. That'll be a, a really interesting matchup coming up, and we'll touch on it briefly as we go through the rest of the matchups. But how about an offensive player of Week Number One for you, Jarrell? Who was one player that stood out to you that you feel needs a little bit more recognition? Oh man, I mean, well, I mean, he's gotten all the recognition this week, but um, I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson and what he was able to do, uh, having the perfect passer rating, um, going 17 for 20, 324, five touchdowns, um, you know, totally annihilating Miami's defense, uh, you know, throwing the ball down the field to Brown for four receptions, 147, um, you know, and two touchdowns. I mean, what they were able to do and and how comfortable he looked throwing the football. Um, was, uh, was the most impressive thing for me. Now I'm going to go right there, similar position, quarterback who also had a perfect passer rating, Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Now they played against the Giants, right? And this is a Giants team that's gone through a lot of transition. Young mm-hmm. secondary, DeAndre Baker, their first-round pick, was one of the starting corners opposite of Janoris Jenkins. So I understand that, yes, people are going to strip down that performance, but nonetheless – 25 of 32, four touchdown passes, 405 passing yards on the day, threw four touchdowns to four different targets, and led the Cowboys to five straight scoring drives. Most of those drives, Rel, were over 80 yards, and uh, I was just impressed with the way he came out, especially with those contract talks that are going on between he and the team. Absolutely, man. Um you know, I think it was, I think it's great, man, to see him come out there and, and be on display like that. And, um, you know, just to put up the big numbers and, um, you know, just have this, have the, uh, the freedom that he was able to have out there. And, um, I'm excited to see what this Baltimore team can do, man. Um, you know, if they, if they can play this well on defense all year and Lamar Jackson can, you know, limit his turnovers and, uh, you know, keep his completion rate, um, over 50%. I think they they definitely have a chance to win the, the AFC North and, and to go on um, to be a, a, real, a real good contender in the AFC. And the Ravens were indeed my pick to win the AFC North because I do believe in this Ravens defense led by Earl Thomas, who, by the way, already got an interception. And then Lamar Jackson, he's starting to develop that pass game, and it's going to be a scary sight as the Dolphins saw for themselves in week number one. Now let's go to the defensive side. Your favorite, Jarrell. Who's one player that caught your eye? Um, I think one of the most impressive ones um, was Preston Smith um, in uh, Green Bay. I think what he was able to do and the impact that he had in the game last week, Thursday night, um, you know, was 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 very important. Um, and the and the Packers being able to seal the deal against Chicago, um, the defense was playing phenomenal all night. And that you know, um, when you're playing against Chicago's defense, um, your defense has to outplay their defense because they're just that elite. And so. Um, for Green Bay to come in there and for Preston Smith to get, you know, a sack and a half, uh, three, four hits on the quarterback um, and just continuing the pressure all night. Um, it just made Trubisky's night um, very difficult for them to push the ball down the field, made him very uncomfortable in his reads. And uh, that's the thing that Green Bay's been missing over the last couple of years. Um, you know, essentially they had that with Clay Matthews and Mike Daniels up the middle. Um, but with their departures, they're looking for new faces to make plays. And so, um, with the addition of uh, Preston Smith, man, I mean, he was able to come in there and do his job and um, essentially uh, won a tight game that, you know, uh, 
you know, had been the other way around, um, you know, I, I definitely would have believed it. You know, if the Bears won 10-3, I would have believed it because their defense is just that elite. But um, the Packers essentially never don't really win those tight games um, when their defense has to be on the field last. So, um, well, it's, it's impressive to see. That's for sure. And the one player for me, Jarrell, that stood out, and he actually uh, follows my page. And how about a Vikings outside linebacker, Anthony Barr? You know the man. The- that was my second. That was my second pick, man. It was between him and Preston, man. Anthony Barr played his tail off last week. Yeah, he did. And and remember back in free agency, Jarrell. Remember when he agreed to sign with the Jets, but then he walked himself back and said, "You know what? I'm going to return to Minnesota." I remember people, of course, the New York media. They shredded him for that, and he came out and said, "Hey, look, I just did what what was in my heart. I wanted to come back to Minnesota. I would have gotten more money in New York." But I would rather stay here with the team that drafted me. And so I felt like it was really fitting for him to come out in week number one. I'm sure he had heard a lot of noise over the offseason about what he did and how people didn't respect his decision to go back on his word. And he comes out, man, and absolutely puts together a strong performance. Six total tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. But that doesn't do it justice. He was right at Matt Ryan's space the entire game. He was putting pressures on him. So Anthony Barr was exceptional in week number one. And the Vikings got to be thrilled to have him back in the fold. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, uh, you know, having been in a great culture, you know, like Green Bay, um, I've been in an opportunity uh, to have a stint in Kansas City. You know, when you get in those rich cultures um, like that and you have continuity within the organization, I mean, it's very hard to leave. I mean, you don't necessarily want to uh, move on and and start a new journey um, with new people. Um, You know, they've been they've had opportunity to win there. They've had uh, chances at the NFC championship. And so, um, I, de- I definitely feel like he he feels that um, you know money is necessarily not in, as important as winning a championship with the guys that you that you built um, that foundation with. So uh, I think that Anthony Barr made the great decision with with staying with Minnesota. All right, so we'll now go to a Thursday night football preview, Jarrell, because. Man, it's so awesome having Thursday night football because we don't have to wait long for some NFL ball. Buccaneers, Panthers on Thursday night, both of them are 0-1. Coming off those defeats, it was the Panthers to the Rams and the Buccaneers to the 49ers. Now, Jarrell, you did play for the Buccaneers under head coach Dirk Cutters, and you know Jameis Winston, and you were a part of that organization He's been struggling a little bit, and, and so is Cam Newton. Cam Newton's taking some questions about his shoulder, whether it's affecting him long term. So when you look at both of these teams this early into the season with what you know about Tampa Bay and their personnel, what are your quick thoughts on this matchup? Um, I fully expect uh, Carolina to get back on track. They played a tough game last week against the Rams, man. They're a very good team, you know, obviously Super Bowl runner-up last year. So I, I definitely uh, expect for the Panthers to be able to win this game. I think that their defense uh, played well last week. Um, I definitely I think that um, there's opportunities there uh, for them to get after, you know, Jameis Winston and this offensive line. They struggled last week. Um, Jameis Winston struggled last week. The 49ers has, has a really good defense. Um, but nonetheless, I think that the Panthers personnel is, is better than the 49ers. So, I think that the Panthers have a, a great chance to dominate this game. They're at home. They play well at home. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was exceptional last week um, in all phases of football. 
And um, Cam Newton, I think as he gets more comfortable uh, with the pieces that he has around him, he'll start to find his rhythm a little bit more. But they have to find somebody else other than Christian McCaffrey to be able to make plays for this team, uh, because that's always been the Achilles heel for the Panthers. They've had they've had great defenses. They've had uh, Cam Newton doing his thing, but they've never had a guy out. They never had anybody outside of number one option. I mean, they've always had Greg Olson. That's been the guy before that. It was Steve Smith. And then so, like, you got to have two to three guys in order for them to be successful. Bruce Arians, I'm not sure if you played for him, but I do know that you played on the same team with Jameis Winston. Winston, just like Mariota, came in in the same year on the fifth-year option, did not get extended. He's got a lot of pressure on him to perform this year with an offense that he's got plenty of talent around him, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber in the backfield. So what do you think is going to happen with Winston this year, Drill? Do you think he can turn the corner? I know turnovers have been his Achilles heel as a quarterback, but he's also shown the ability to air it out with the best of them when he's on his game. So how do you think he'll be able to handle a very stingy Carolina defense on Thursday? I'm not sure, man. I mean, the game plan is going to have to be simple. I think it, it more catch-and-run situations will probably be, be best for them. Um, if they can get Ronald Jones going, he had last week 13 carries for 75 yards. Um, if they can get him, you know, up into that 18 to 20 uh, carry range where he can, you know, get over uh, get over that century mark of 100 yards, I think that they have an opportunity to control the game. But, you know, Jameis Winston in these three interceptions, um, you know, the 49ers defense is, is good. You know, they have – you know, some key pieces, some good veteran players, um, you know, obviously having Quan Alexander over there to be able to break down Jameis Winston's, Jameis Winston's tendencies um, was an important piece for them last week. But, you know, nonetheless, man, you know, one player doesn't make make or break a team. I think that, uh, you know, his decision making has to be a lot better. You know, three interceptions, um, 20 for 36 and, a, and 194 yards. Um, the, play, the pieces that you have around you uh, are supposed to be able to give you better outcomes. So he has to be able to, to push the ball down the field. I think that Bruce Harris is going to have opportunity to do that this week. And um, if they don't, then, you know, Gerald McCoy is looking for blood in the water and he's, uh, and he's excited, man, to be able to play against his former team. So I'm excited for this one. I'm looking forward to seeing Mike Evans go up against James Bradbury and Dante Jackson, the sophomore corner, who had a good rookie season, and he's looking to bounce back and build off on that success. Now, Evans is coming off a dud week, Jarrell. Two receptions, 28 yards in week one against San Francisco. But we obviously know he's a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver, and he is Jameis Winston's clear-cut number one target. So I'm looking to see how he can respond, bounce back, going up against James Bradbury, who's a longer, rangier corner, so he may be able to match up a little bit better with Mike Evans. So I'm looking to see how Evans can turn the the tide a little bit, get going after a slow start. I know he was battling an illness. So let's see if he can uh, work his magic down the field and be a threat for a Tampa Bay team that's looking for a jolt offensively. Yeah, I think that he'll have some success. You know, with the 49ers um, having that pass rush up front, they were they were able to run a lot of man coverage with a safety over the top, you know, with Mike Evans. And so, I don't necessarily think that the Carolina Panthers are going to come into the game with that net, with that mindset, unless it's probably like a third and long situation. I think that what they're going to primarily try to do is get the ball 
out of Winston's hands quickly um, because of his decision-making, and I think that they're going to try to take advantage of that. So I expect them to be able to bring fire fire zones, a lot of uh, zone blinks, and um, make him play great football and make him make great decisions. And so with that being said, um, I, I, I look for Evans to have a pretty good game, but I don't know if it's going to be as the same um, as it was uh, last week. I think that he'll be able to, to produce more. Uh, with this with this upcoming game plan, but uh, I think it's essentially still going to be tough. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into our game picks. Jarrell, who do you got winning this game and why? Well, I have the Panthers winning this one, 24-17. Um, it's a division rivalry. Uh, Cam Newton is going to get back on track. Christian McCaffrey and what he's able to do um, week in and week out is always impressive to me. And I think he's really solidifying himself in the in the league as, as one of those um, every down backs and uh, one of the best backs in the in the NFL. But I mean, once again, it just comes down to Jameis' mistakes um, in third and long situations, third and medium situations. He hasn't made good decision making, um, and 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 when to when to take sacks and when to not take sacks. I think at the end of the day, uh, his number one job is to keep the chains moving. So. If he's not able to do that, I have I, I essentially have the Panthers winning 24-17. to 17. Yeah, I'm with you here. I have the Panthers winning this one in a shootout, actually, 34-26. to 26. I just think Cam Newton, Norv Turner, this offense is going to get things going. We know that they saw some, some life late against the L.A. Rams at home. And then I look at their defense. Shaq Thompson, Luke Keekley, those linebackers are athletic. They can make plays sideline to sideline. I really like what they did on the defensive line. K1 Short, then Gerald McCoy, as you said, he's going to be facing his former team in the first matchup of two this season. I just think Carolina will overwhelm Tampa Bay. And I honestly, Jarrell, I would not be surprised if Jameis Winston is forced into two or three more turnovers because we know Tampa is more than likely going to have to go to the air again to keep up with Cam Newton and this uh, potent Panthers offense. So I think Carolina will get it done 34-26 on Thursday night. It'll be a, a divisional clash, so I expect it to be a little close, but Carolina will run away with it as the game progresses on. All right, man. Well, we still got a lot more games to look at, so let's go ahead and go through these on Sunday. Starting with the Cardinals and the Ravens, Arizona 0-1. Now, you were able to see this game. I didn't get to see much of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. But based off what you told me, it looks like they struggled early against Detroit. And they'll now go to Baltimore to take on a team that's coming off a dominant victory over the Miami Dolphins. Tell me your thoughts on this matchup. Oh, this one's uh, – I think it was going to get ugly for the Cardinals. Um, the Ravens are, are, are playing essentially red hot right now. I mean, and when you beat a team, um, anybody in the NFL, doesn't matter which team you beat, um, if you beat them 59 to 10, I mean, at the end of the day, you're essentially running in next week on a, on a high horse. You're going to be feeling really good. That practice is going to be going great. Um, you're going to be wanting to put in extra work. Everybody's going to be excited. Uh, and you're playing at home. And so I think at the end of the day, the Ravens have everything going for them. Uh, their running game, Lamar Jackson officially arriving with his efficiency and his decision making. Uh, just, you know, with last week, man, Kyler Murray, uh, with the, the, the struggles that he had first half was very tough. But, you know, he was able to get it going the second half. I think he was like 29 for 34. Um, but I mean, not 29 for 34, but uh, it was like 17 for like. 
34 or something like that. But it was over 50 percent as far as the completion rate. Um, But finishing the game 29 of 54 uh, for 308, two touchdowns, 54 times passing for your for your debut was a lot. I think that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is putting a lot of uh, he's putting a lot of pressure on this young man. But um, essentially for me, it's about the defense. You know, um, you know, Detroit's a good team. Um, but Matthew Stafford coming in, you know, throwing for 385 yards on the road. Um, you know, TJ Hexton, Hekinson, um, you know, having 131 yards rushing. I mean, I mean, not rushing, but receiving. He's not Calvin Johnson, you know. So at the end of the day, I think that, you know, they have some problems defensively that they have to shake up. You know, obviously with the with the departure of Peterson right now and the, sus- the suspension he's going through, that's very tough for their secondary. But they've got to get some things together. They've got some they've got some playmakers over there, some pass rushers over there to be able to, to, to bring it home. And they have to be able to be better. I think Baltimore, they're going to be at home. Home opener, you know, emotions are always higher. And I look at this Baltimore defense led by Earl Thomas, Tony Jefferson, Marlon Humphrey. That secondary, those guys know how to put the clamps on opposing offenses. And Kyler Murray, a lot has been said, Jarrell, about his height and how it's affecting him not being able to see over his linemen. And then next thing you know, you got guys like Matthew Judon coming off the edge. Jalen Ferguson, the rookie, Brandon Williams clogging up the middle. I just think they are going to feast on Kyler Murray on Sunday. And Lamar Jackson, I look for him to pick up where he left off. And Mark Ingram and this rushing attack for the Baltimore Ravens will be successful yet again going up against an Arizona defense that has a lot of holes, especially in the interior of their defensive line. So give me Baltimore 27-10 over Arizona. Yeah, I I have Baltimore winning 34-10. I I think that it's going to be a blowout. I think that it's just, you know... The, the Ravens defense is a lot better than the car, uh, than the, the Detroit Lions defense. Um, there's a lot more playmakers. There's a lot more versatility on their side of the ball. And so I think that Kyle Mur- Kyler Murray is going to struggle. Um, they're going to be able to mix it, mix everything up back there. They're going to make it tough. Earl Thomas in the back end, uh, mixing up the coverages, mixing up where he plays, um, you know, playing down at the line of scrimmage, knowing that you got the deep third, uh, Stuff like that that you can't necessarily teach. I think it's going to be tough for Kyler Murray to read. So I have them winning 34 to 10. All right, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the next matchup. The 1 0 Dallas Cowboys at the 0 1 <laughs> Washington Redskins. You know how I feel about these Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> They're coming off the win. They got another divisional opponent coming up on the road. Now, Case Keenum, man, he showed a little bit of that magic that he had on that run with the Vikings. But Philadelphia, they came raging back and ended up winning 32-27. We saw Adrian Peterson. He was inactive and slapping the face, as many people put it. And now Darius Geis is hurt, so guess what? AP is going to be back in the starting lineup, it looks like, for Washington. So uh, who's your pick in this one? Um, well, I, I have your Cowboys, man. I got to roll with your Cowboys. I, th- I just don't necessarily think that Case Keenum is going to be able to do the same things that he wanted to do um, offensively against this Dallas defense. They're stingy. They, uh, they're they a lot more aggressive right now than Philadelphia's defense. I think Philly's defense and their secondary are still trying to find their, their way around, you know, obviously with Darby and them coming back from ACL surgery. So, I just believe that the Cowboys are going to to come into this game. They're, I think that they're going to win by a couple touchdowns. I have them winning 28-14. to 14. I think that 
Um, with the absence of guys uh, and, you know, obviously uh, Jordan Reed is a very important piece. I don't necessarily think that he played last week um, and that's going to be tough for them offensively. So, you know, Zeke didn't even really get going last week and they have a, they had a dominant game offensively. I think that Dak Prescott's out to prove that he's an elite quarterback and that he can push this team to the limit. Um, but the pieces around here are all set up, you know, and, and they had they were very explosive last week. And so I'm excited to see what they can do this week against the Redskins on the road. And I have them be, uh, winning 28 to 14. I bet you you're excited, Drew. I mean, how can you not with such an uh, efficient, high-powered offense, man? Uh, <laughs> no, nah, man, but I'm with you. You know, Dallas Cowboys look good. And, and the Redskins, they always tend to play the Cowboys tough. That NFC East division rivalry, they're going to be at home. And they got a couple of uh, tough players, rough riders. Uh, Josh Norman out there for the Redskins. So you know he's always going to try to shut down half of the field. But in the end, I think the Dallas Cowboys will be a little bit too overwhelming, especially what a lot of people have kind of forgot, Jarrell, is Trent Williams is still missing in action, man. That's a Pro Bowl offensive tackle right there. Yes. And Washington is desperately lacking his protection. And so without him in the lineup, I just think that this Cowboys pass rush led by Demarcus Lawrence, they'll be able to get home to Case Keenum. However, I still think it's going to be close. And I have the Cowboys winning 26-20 to over the Redskins mm. on Sunday. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, we go to another divisional rivalry here it's the indianapolis colts at the tennessee titans colts are 0 one losing a tight win in overtime to the chargers and the titans as we talked about them they just absolutely crushed the cleveland browns now they're home against the colts so who who do you have winning this game well personally i think that last week was um essentially kind of a fluke with with the titans I don't necessarily believe that they're going to be able to repeat what they were able to do last week. I think this Colts defense is is improved a lot this year. Um, you know, obviously with with Booker and, and uh, those guys, Malik Malik back there, and what they were able to do last week, the one handed interception, uh, Justin Houston coming off the edge. Um, I just think that they're going to have a, a much better outing than the Cleveland Browns defense did, and um, I have them winning a, a close one in uh, seventeen to ten. I think that Mariota was very impressive last week. I think that what they were able to do with Henry last week was very good. But, um, you know, the Colts and their offensive line, uh, what Jacoby Brissett was able to do, I think that they were really out to prove that they uh, can win without Andrew Luck. And that to be to be honest with me, uh, to be honest with you, pushing the Chargers um, to overtime and being on the road out there, I know that the, the stadium isn't that loud and big, but pushing an NFL team on the road like that um, in overtime and coming up short. I think it speaks volume for their team. I think that they're going to come out with a much better performance this week in Tennessee. And if they can get uh, Matt going like he did last week and have the same production that he did last week with 25 carries over 150 yards, they'll have some success. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and oppose you here, Jarrell. I know you talked a little bit about the Titans being a fluke week one. I actually – you know, of course, I express a lot of love for Jacoby Brissett. I, I still think this Colts team can be uh, a very good squad just because of the talent that is put around Brissett and T.Y. Hilton. And now, obviously, Devin Funches gone with that broken collarbone will, will hurt them, but Paris Campbell's still there. Marlon Mack, the dude is running hungry, had a big game. So I still like this Colts team, but I think Tennessee, they'll be at home, 
And one thing about Tennessee is they're just kind of one of those teams that will wear you down. They're a smash mouth team led by Derrick Henry, the beast himself, 6'4", 240 pounds. They run the ball at you, and they will not stop until you can limit their success. And I know they're still without Taylor Lewin, their Pro Bowl tackle, due to that suspension. But I do think this is going to be a beautiful game for those of us that like interior work, O-line versus D-line, a lot of runs up the middle, good on good. And I give it to the Tennessee Titans 24-17. I do look for Mariota to put together another solid performance. And I think Delaney Walker is going to be the difference maker yet again. The savvy veteran tight end who had a couple of touchdowns in week one. I look for him to find pay dirt at least one time late in the game to give the Titans a victory over the Colts. Man, I don't know, man. I'm trying to tell you. I think that I really like this Colts team. Um, Brissett and his decision-making. Uh, Marlon Mack, man, uh, I think that they're going to be a great combination. T.Y. Hilton, obviously, is always going to do his thing. Uh, but I just believe that at the end of the day, the uh, the Colts have everything set up for them. Hooker, I think he's going to be man-on-man against uh Delaney Walker and I and I like his I like that matchup right there, man. I think that that's going to be the matchup of the week um, when it comes to uh, the safety and the, uh, the the tight end. And I, I'm telling you, man, I like this coach de- uh, this coach defense to come in there, keep them to ten points. I know that the the Titans are riding high, but I like them to win in the division, seventeen to ten. All right, so we both got two uh, same picks. We're differed on this one. Now let's go to the Seahawks at Steelers. This is kind of an interesting matchup. The Seahawks coming off a pretty tight victory over the Bengals, which I think you and I both expected them to win by a little bit bigger margin. Going up against a Pittsburgh team that was completely embarrassed against the New England Patriots in prime time. Do you think the Steelers can bounce back here in week number two? Absolutely. Um, you know, their pedigree and, and what they stand for is is uh, is definitely going to get them a win in week two. I think that they get back on track, I, but I do expect Big Ben to be throwing the ball up to 40, 40 times a game, I think, essentially. Um, James Conner is going to have to get going. I think he only had six carries for 21 yards last week. That's not going to be good enough for them to be to be uh, competitive um, in their division, let alone the NFL. And I just think that um, Big Ben and this big, and this contract extension that he received this off this offseason is what um, everybody's going to be talking about if the Steelers uh, fall behind the 0-2. I think that they're going to start to talk about him. The blame's going to shift to him. Um, they're not necessarily talking about the defense um, and and what they and what they did last week. Um, you know, Tom Brady always he always uh, destroys that fire zone defense that the Steelers have, but they have to get back on track. I I, I think Seattle's defense is 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 prime for another uh, another explosive game. They gave up over, over 400 yards um, passing last week to Andy Dalton. I was very surprised about that, especially with the with the absence of AJ Green. Um, but to see Ross step up and, and do what he was able to do, being their his first, their first round pick, it was it was actually quite quite exciting to see. Um, but can Wilson do it all on his own? I don't really, I don't think so. Um, and I have the Steelers winning thirty-one to seventeen. I have the Seahawks winning this one, thirty-one to twenty. I know the Steelers. Something in me believes they are going to come back and they're going to put together a better performance. Because how can they not? I think rock bottom was uh, last week. 
But the Seahawks, I really like this team. Now that they have Jadavion Clowney, Ziggy Ansah was in active week one, but he should be good to go here for week number two. That pass rush is going to get to Ben Roethlisberger. I know Pittsburgh has a strong offensive line, but right now I look at Pittsburgh's secondary as being a big-time weakness. Joe Hayden is dealing with an AC joint sprain, so who knows about his availability. Now they did sign Steven Nelson from Kansas City. And, you know, he's been a, a kind of a hit or miss type of player. So they have a lot to sort out there. And so I think Russell Wilson's going to go into the Steel City. He's going to find success, hook up with Tyler Lockett, the big deep threat, a couple of times. And I have Seattle winning 31 to 20 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. So give me the Hawks here in this one. And now we're going to go on to the next matchup, which is the Battle of New York, so to speak. The Bills at the Giants. How about the Bills? They erase a 16-point margin and, and beat the Jets there at MetLife Stadium. Now they play there again, this time against the G-Men. Who do you have winning this one? Man, I got the Bills pulling this one out. I think that they're going to dominate. Um, I got them winning 24-10. to 10. I think um, what I was able to see uh, in the second half from Josh Allen, I was very impressed with. Um, obviously, John Brown and what he was able to do, uh, having over 100 yards receiving was impressive. Um, they're going to have to get their running game going. I think that they're going to have they're going to have a lot of success against the Giants. The, the Giants um, essentially are terrible on defense, um, you know, and Eli Manning is just kind of out there playing for glory right now. Um, it's just all a matter of time before we start to see uh, Daniel Jones out there. And um, the Buffalo Bills defense is very good, you know, and, you know, having last week holding the, uh, the Jets to 16 points um, and to eliminate them in the second half was very impressive. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell's a good back. They, they shut him down. He only had um, 64 yards uh, rushing, uh, and the Buffalo Bills were able to come out on top. And I just believe in their defense, and I believe in, in, the, in the continuity that they're starting to grow. Yeah, me too. I think the Bills are going to be too much, both on offense and defense. For the Giants, I, I like the Bills as a wild card playoff team. I said that earlier, a couple of weeks before the season. I think they go in there and they uh, steamroll the Giants 28-13. to I think Buffalo will just key in on Saquon Barkley, limit him moving forward. So how about the 49ers at the Bengals? Niners 1-0, take on Zach Taylor and the Bengals in Cincinnati who are 0-1. I have San Francisco barely winning with the field goal, 23-20. to Jimmy Garoppolo, who struggled in week one, will be able to have a little bit of success considering Cincinnati's new look secondary. They got the new head coaching staff in there. That San Francisco defensive front, those guys are daunting. Nick Bosa is now fully healthy. Buckner, Eric Armstead, that defense will be the ultimate factor in deciding this game. Okay, well, I'm gonna oppose you on there, man. I, I, I'm gonna go with Cincy. I think that De I think that Dalton is definitely gonna be uh, red hot at home. Um, it's another AFC. It's another AFC West opponent. I mean, not AFC West, but NFC West opponent. Um, he's gonna be able to look at the tape of what Russell Wilson and those guys were able to do against the 49ers last year. I know that um, you know, obviously, last year doesn't mean anything, but having playing uh, two divisional opponents back to back, regardless of what division it is, gives you an advantage. Um, when it comes to studying tape. And so I think that Andy Dalton's going to have the, the same success this week. I think they're going to win in a tight one, 21 to 17. I think that he's going to be able to throw the ball um, essentially all over the place. They're going to try to 
get uh, Ross matched up with uh, with Sherman. I know you know Sherman's lack of speed, but his uh, is going to be a, a, a difficult situation um, playing against Bross. And I just believe that the Bengals are going to be able to play great defense at home against Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't necessarily uh, wow me in his opening last week against the Buccaneers. Um, you know, throwing that pick six right there. Uh, and in a coming out situation is is very uh, is very tough, and so I think that the Bengals are gonna gonna play good defense against Jimmy Garoppolo and those guys, and I think that Andy Dalton's gonna make enough plays for them to get a win at home. Now let's go to the next matchup here, Jarrell. Moving right along, Chargers at the Lions. I have the Chargers winning rather easily, 34-24 over Matt Patricia and the Lions. This is a very, very good L.A. team that, yes, they're still without Melvin Gordon, but Austin Eckler, he showed up to play, and and he is a very versatile back in what he can do. Catching out of the backfield there for the Chargers, and then that defense, they're still uber-talented with plenty of guys that can go in and get pressure. Melvin Ingram, and then, of course, Joey Bosa there opposite of him. 34-24, 34-24, I think the Chargers go in there, they get to Matthew Stafford and force a couple of turnovers to get the win. Um, I, too, have the Chargers winning. I have them winning in a score of 37-20, to 20 though. Um, I think the Rivers is going to come in there and light it up. Uh, I think that they're still finding their way offensively. Um, Austin Eckler, what he was able to do last, uh, last week in the passing game and taking everything to the house was very impressive. Um, the Chargers defense has to improve. Um, they're they're going to have to pick it up uh, without the absence of Darwin James. But I think that Casey Hayward is going to be a great um, asset for them this year, um, especially this week going into Detroit. He knows Detroit, um, having played in Green Bay for so long. I think he knows Matthew Stafford. He's going to be able to have the upper hand when it comes to his tendencies. And I just think that Rivers always is, is just going to find a way to put points on the board. Um, Melvin Ingram's going to have a great game. I believe Bosa's going to have a great game, and uh, I'm excited to see what these guys can do. Um, and I just have them winning a score of 37-20. Uh, I don't believe that Matthew Stafford's going to throw for 385 yards like how he did last week. All right, now we get to another really good divisional matchup that's occurring really early in the season, and it's coming out of that NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Green Bay Packers. Head coach Mike Zimmer was asked yesterday about preparing for Aaron Rodgers, and he said, and I quote, it's another sleepless week for me trying to prepare for Aaron Rodgers and that new-look Packers offense. Jarrell, I know you played for the Packers. They're your team right now, but they are hosting a very good Minnesota team. What are your thoughts on this one? Man, I think that it's going to come down to the wire. Um, It's going to be able to come down to how the Packers protect Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think that uh, with the, with the defensive line that the Packers, uh, that the Vikings have uh, with Lindell Joseph in the middle, um, getting that inside pass rush has been always key for, for uh, having success against Aaron Rodgers. If you can get pass rush up the middle and, um, and make him scramble, um, he's great outside the pocket, understandable, but they have the elite athletes on the outside to keep him contained and uh, it, I think it all comes down to Linville Joseph and having pressure up the middle. If he can have a pressure in that guard center guard situation and not let Aaron Rodgers step up into the pocket and make those uh, phenomenal throws in which he does, I think that the, the Vikings will have some success. But I just believe at the end of the day, it's Aaron Rodgers um, versus the NFC North. Uh, he's always had great success against this division. He knows that uh, Mike Zimmer is going to come with that 
two uh, two inside linebacker look um, with the two inside linebackers sitting right over the center and uh, two three techniques and two wide nines. And so he knows that it's going to be coming this week. He knows the progressions and what he's going to have to do. He knows that he's going to have to put those those guys into some dummy count situations to get the defense to reveal what they're doing. I just believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to come out um, 24 to 20. The Packers defense is improved. I, I believe that they're going to have an opportunity to um, not not necessarily stop Diggs, but but to keep him under to keep him under uh, 100. And, if they if they can keep him under 120 yards, I think that they're going to have some success. Um, you know, obviously they're going to spread the ball around, but if they can keep him out the end zone and uh, and keep Thielen out the end zone, that they're going to have some success. Um, and then necessarily it, it comes down to the run game as well. Uh, you know, Delvin Cook had a great, great opening last week. I was very impressed with him, especially coming back from the injuries that he's returned from. Um, he gave a lot of hope to that that Vikings offense. But Kirk Cousins is going to have to be better. Um, when you go up against Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have to throw the football to win. And so at the end of the day, if they can't throw the football and they can't make those extra plays and keep the chains moving, then it's going to be tough for them. Man, I'm really conflicted about this one, Jarrell, because I really want to pick the Minnesota Vikings to win this game. But then I really do think home field advantage is the difference in this one. Playing at Lambeau Field, you know, the Packers, those fans, you know more than most because you played in front of them. You know what it's like. And it just seems like it's a rocking environment there at Lambeau Field. You can't pick against Aaron Rodgers. And I know Minnesota's defense is going to come out and they're going to show a lot of different looks and they're going to really try to get him off his game Blitz him with those outside rushers, Anthony Barr and Danielle Hunter, who's another one of the best young rushers in the game. But I think when the dust settles, I think Rodgers is going to be a magician, evading pressure, making throws down the field in crunch time. And I think he's going to get the Packers a victory 28-24 over Minnesota on Sunday. So that'll be a good one. Now let's go ahead and go through the uh, next couple matchups here. The Jaguars and Texans, Jarrell. No Nick Foles. Gardner Minshew, the rookie, who's going to be starting there. The Texans are coming off a painful loss. Who do you have in this one? Um, I had the Texans 28 to 10. I just think that, uh, you know, obviously they, they had a tough loss last week. But, you know, what they were able to do against Drew Brees and the Saints, Deshaun Watson, um, he looks spectacular. Um, and finally having the deep threat pieces around him to be able to stretch the field and keep uh, pressure off DeAndre Hopkins. I have him winning 28 to 10. Um, Minshew had a great outing last week, 20, 22 or 25, 275. But I just think that the Texas defense is a lot better. Uh, uh, they're a lot better in their secondary than the than the Chiefs are at this point in time. And I just think that J.J. Watt's going to dominate up front. So um, I'm going to go with the uh, Texans 28 to 10. Okay, yeah, I got the Texans winning this one. 27-16 over the Jags. The Jags defense is still good, but I think Houston will be too much. No Nick Foles. I think the Texans take care of business. Now the Patriots at Dolphins. I think this is going to be another massacre, Jarrell. I think New England is going to take this one 42-14 over <laughs> Miami. Give me another blowout for the second consecutive week in Miami. Now I know the Dolphins, they've had success against the Patriots and Tom Brady in recent years, but not... This time around, it's going to be utter domination and more embarrassment for the Miami Dolphins. Oh, man, absolutely. And it's so funny, man, because our, our, uh, 
our predictions are so close. I have I have the Pats winning forty two to seven. <laughs> um, I just think that they're going to dominate them. Um, you know, anytime when you have all these players wanting out of an organization, uh, it, it, you're not going to go into practice this week with with a, with a high intensity to want to get better. Um, and the Pats, they just have everything rolling. I mean, it's, I, we're going to have to see how this Antonio Brown situation plays out. We know that uh, there's a lot of things going on off the field, um, but I think if they have him on the field for that game, then mark me down for 42 to 7. <laughs> yeah, man. I think with with Antonio Brown or without, bro, shoot, if you take half of New England starters and put in the second stringers, I still will take them uh, by a score of 42 to 14 over the Dolphins. I think it's that bad. But anyways, that's, that's a, another topic for another day. But how about another AFC West divisional game, Chiefs? The Raiders, who got the win on Monday night. Now, what happens here, Jarrell? Do the Raiders, do they have enough to pull off the upset over Kansas City? Man, well, we're going to have to see what Chucky coming with. You know, his play calling last week was pretty good, but they ran the ball a lot with Jacobs. They put a lot of pressure on the rookie, um, and he responded well. I think that he played, he did well, but 25 carries for 85 yards is not going to be good enough against the Chiefs. Um, but the Chiefs gave up a lot of passing yards last week. Um, I know that, you know, Minshew came in and um, and, and was to- trying to do his thing after Foles left. But, you know, they essentially gave up a lot of passing yards. And, um, you know, the Raiders played for pride last week. Um, you know, and I just don't necessarily think it's going to be able to carry over this week. The, the benefit is that they're at home. Um, but the Chiefs dominate the AFC West, man. They have the pass rush. They have the secondary. And they have the explosive offense. Um, we haven't even talked about uh Kelsey yet um you know obviously Tyreek Hill got hurt but we you know we haven't even talked about the other playmakers that they have so um I have them winning I have them winning in a score of 31 to 17 um I think that Shady McCoy is going to get his first touchdown as a chief and Sammy Watkins is going to pick up where he left off I'm with you I think this game's actually going to stay pretty close to three quarters of play I can see the Raiders hanging in there now Man, it was it's a huge blow for Oakland's defense after losing first round safety Jonathan Abram for the rest yeah. of the season, man, because he showed some flashes throughout the preseason and on Monday night the guy was laying the wood and Oh yeah. It's 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 really unfortunate. He's got a rotator cuff tear along with the labrum tear, so he's going to be out of the lineup. So that really hurts Oakland on the back end. And uh, I do think Patrick Mahomes, this guy is going to continue his, his string of success. Kansas City's offense, those guys are just dynamic. Now Tyreek Hill is out four to six weeks, but guess what? They still have Miko Hardman, the rookie out of Georgia. So I, I don't look for them to miss a beat. I think they're eventually going to pull away in the fourth quarter. So give me the Chiefs 42-27 to 27 over the Raiders. But I do think Derek Carr and this Raiders offense can do some good things against Kansas City's new-look defense. But on to the game that a lot of people have circled on their calendars because it's an NFC championship rematch. We know how it ended with Tommy Lee Lewis in that championship game. No penalty. Saints fans, they rioted pretty much. Now they get a chance to play the Rams, but this time it's in L.A. This is going to be a good one to watch at 425 p.m. Eastern time. So, Jarrell, who do you have taking this game? Man, I've got... uh... I know contrary to what everybody wants to believe, I have the Rams winning this one, but it's going to be a close one. 
Um, these games are always close between these two teams. They play phenomenal games, uh, and I just think that the Rams are going to win 21 to 20. Um, I be, I think both teams are elite. Both defenses are great. Um, you know, Whittle's absence, I don't necessarily know if he plays or not. That's going to be big if he doesn't um, because what he can do in the secondary. Um, but the Saints giving up 180 rushing yards last week. I know that Deshaun Watson has some of those, but um, giving up 180 rushing yards last week, um, you know, and, and having Todd Gurley coming in this week, I think the Rams are going to try to put the ball on the ground, control the game, keep the ball out of uh, Drew Brees' hands, even though they do have the defense to win games. Um, I have uh, I have the Rams winning 21 uh, to 20. Man, dude, our scores are, I swear, they're close, man. Actually, I have the Rams winning 20 to 17 over the Saints. The popular pick will be the Saints because everybody's going to come out and say, oh, they're going to really make a stronger push because they want revenge. Not so fast, as Lee Corso says on College Game Day. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think the Rams are going to win. I think Todd Gurley, I know a lot has been said about his knee, being limited, this and that. Jared Goff really didn't have that great of a game in week one. But I look for this offense to be opened up wide again. Cooper Cup, I love that he's back in that lineup because he makes things go. Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. And then defensively, do not forget about number 99 of the Los Angeles Rams and how he can take over games. I like for him to have a dominant performance because guess what? He's got a rookie center coming from New Orleans, Eric McCoy, who's starting as, of course, Max Unger retired over the offseason. So keep an eye on that one-on-one -on -one battle in the trenches. Advantage Rams 2017 in a really, really entertaining one. So let's go to the next game here, Bears-Broncos. This is a 425 p.m. Eastern time start, the game that, uh, let's just be real, a lot of people are not going to be watching. But anyways, I have Denver winning this one over Chicago, so surprise one there. I do have Denver winning because they're playing at mile high. And Joe Flacco, I know they lost, but he didn't look too bad. And Mitchell Trubisky, man, that, that performance has just left a sour taste in my mouth offensively. Mm -hmm. I look for this to be a field goal battle between both teams. Give me the Broncos to bounce back and get their first win for Vic Vangio. Absolutely. I think that the Broncos are going to win 17-14. to 14. I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, Vic Vangio knows it. Uh, Trubisky, I mean, obviously being the, the previous defensive coordinator of the Bears, he knows how to stop him. He knows what what he doesn't like, what he's uncomfortable with. And so I think that he's going to have the perfect game plan in order to go against Trubisky. But on the contrary, Matt Nagy's going to also know Big Bangio. He's going to also know that what he likes to do and, and the, tendencies, the, the tendencies that he likes to um, have within his defense. And so um, it's going to obviously give Matt Nagy a, a position to to be able to make some plays with the playmakers that he has. But, you know, um, I think that Ellen Robinson played great last week. I think that he's going to have to to perform more. Uh, Tyreek Cohen is going to have to to play better. Um, and then overall, Trubisky is going to have to play better. But I think that the Broncos, their pass rush is going to get going. I think that Flacco and the lack of interceptions that he makes uh, is going to be great for them. And I think that he just – I think he does just enough in order for them to uh, to squeak this one by 17-14. All right, both got the Broncos there. Now for the nightcaps, the last two games of week number two, Eagles at the Falcons. This is Sunday night, 8.20 p.m. Eastern time. 
I have the Eagles winning this one, 31-24 over the Falcons for a number of reasons. I like this Eagles team. They're loaded with depth. I know they lost Malik Jackson for the season with the Liz Frank injury, but they have Timmy Jernigan to step in there, signed Akeem Spence yesterday, so they have plenty of depth. I'm not too concerned about that loss. Now, I am a little concerned about their secondary being susceptible to the deep ball, which is why I foresee a big-time performance from Julio Jones and this passing attack from the Atlanta Falcons. But I just think Carson Wentz, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, and their ability to control the time of possession against Atlanta's reeling defense, I think that's the difference in this one. Even though they're playing in Atlanta, I like Philadelphia to go in there and take the win by a touchdown, 31-24. Yeah, I agree with you. I have uh, I have the Eagles winning twenty eight to twenty four. Um, I think that the Eagles have too many playmakers on offense. Um, I think Wentz needs to pick it up where he left off in the second half last week, uh, being phenomenal and coming back uh, from being sixteen points down. Um, and the Falcons' offense, they're just they were just terrible. I mean, there was no running game. Their defense, um, they defense. They didn't even get 100 yards thrown on them, and they lost. Like, they lost by multiple touchdowns. So I just think that at the end of the day, the Falcons need to pick it up. They are going to have to find um, some other playmakers other than Julio Jones. They have all the pieces in place, uh, but they're going to have to pick it up, man, and they're going to have to find a running game. Um, I don't necessarily know uh, how what's what the situation is with Devontae Freeman and and what he's got going on, but I just understand. I need that. I, I I understand that the Falcons need to get a running game, um, take some pressure off of Matt Ryan. When they had a running game, they were successful because the play action pass would work. And so um, I have the I have the Eagles winning twenty eight to twenty four. Um, I think that they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage and get home in the pass in the pass rush. Okay, now to the week two finale. This is Monday Night Football. Browns, Jets, both are 0-1. A lot of hype about this matchup. Baker Mayfield, he's going head-to-head with Sam Darnold. Now both teams, well, I guess the Jets more than the Browns. They have some injuries that they're working through. C.J. Mosley with the groin, Quinnen Williams with an ankle. Both of them are probably going to be questionable, but Gay says that he's optimistic that both will be available to play on Monday night. I have the Jets taking this one 24-20 over the Cleveland Browns. So yes, the Cleveland Browns, uh, their fans are going to continue their downfall of being angry and disappointed. Look, this is a really good Jets team that really hasn't gotten talked about as much as Cleveland, but they did load up in the offseason. I like Le'Veon Bell to have a big performance against Cleveland. So give me the Jets 24-20. Man, um, I think that the Cleveland Browns are going to get back on track. Um, I think that, you know, uh, Odell coming back and um, being back in the Meadowlands, I think it's going to be exciting. Um, I know that, you know, the the Jets offense was kind of up and down last week um, and their defense made some plays with Mosley. But I just think that the the Baker Mayfield and those guys are going to get it right. I believe in this kid's uh, grit. I believe in his ability to be able to to come back from uh, tough losses. And I believe in his leadership. And so, those guys are going to get rolling. I think they have the offensive line. They have the pieces. They have the defensive line. They have the secondary. They have everything that they need in order for them to be successful this year. And so I believe that they get back on track in a primetime game. I think that they're going to be very excited to go out there and play. And um, I expect them to put on the show, man, the OBJ show, the uh, the Jarvis Landry show. And I, I'm excited to see it. 
All right, well, there you have it. He's going Browns. I'm going Jets. Now all that's left for us is to sit back and watch some football as week two gets underway. Jarrell, I appreciate it, man. It's always a pleasure getting you on the podcast, listening to your player perspective. I'm hoping for the best for you. I know you're trying to get back into the league. So, as always, keep me posted on how that's going. But until then, enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you, man. I appreciate it so much. I'm going to be back at Michigan State this weekend. I'm excited to see uh, Coach Dan Antonio uh, win his um, become the all-time uh, leader in uh, wins um, in Michigan State history. Um, I'm very excited to to be able to have an ch- opportunity to go back and see some old friends and and some new faces and, um, and see this team play, as well as uh you know uh, on Sunday, man. I'm excited for all the games that's going to be coming up and um, and I'm ready to go, man. So when anybody that wants to give me an opportunity, man, I'll be ready to go. So. Um, I'm excited, as always, to to be on the podcast, and uh, we can continue to do this, man, uh, week in and week out. Yes, sir. You know it, man. Well, have safe travels there to Michigan, and uh, we'll be uh, up live next week for another podcast to break down week two and preview week three, man. So take care. Thank you. I appreciate it again. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.